Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to introduce you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me just tell you a little bit about it. Basically, it is about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. Basically, I have my friends or guests come on the show and we kiki about whatever the topic is. And so today we are going to talk about, of course, I I think if you guys haven't noticed everything that's going on in the U.S. right now, it's a lot of stuff going on. And so the past couple episodes have been geared towards that topic because I feel it needs to be talked about. I have a diverse group of followers or listeners and you know just want to bring awareness to not only the black community but those who are not black either or are not black as well and so today I have with me a so I have a therapist with me today and she has a YouTube it's Brittany Rogers you want to go by your full name or that that's the full name that's like my government name i also go by b marie i have like different little personas so i try to pretty much like embody a hybrid of who i am professionally and who i am personally and let them like cohesively coexist okay so um we just gonna say britney we ain't gonna call her by her full government the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) um so you got a drink today britney Yes, um, just because I know I don't, I don't need one, so I got got me a little cocktail. Okay, my cocktail is composed of. So I'm usually like a dark drinker, but it seems that the Don Julio, Anejo, and Reposado, those are like the things to drink now. So that's what I've been drinking on. Um, so there is some Don Julio, Anejo, um, some simply orange with pineapple. And a little bit of grenadine because I like like cherry tasting things. So yeah, okay. That's what I have for today. Okay, I'm gonna have to try that, and I'm gonna definitely put that uh, drink in the show description. So just be Did sure. You to sunrise. <laughs> okay, shoot me the ingredients. I can put it in the show description. Um, and so my drink for today is called a call me a cab, and so basically it's not no drink that you want to play around with. Like, it's pretty strong. Uh, So I tested it out. Like, last night was my first time drinking it. And I was like, oh, it's not bad. But then when I looked at the, you know, alcohol content of the wine, that was like 14%. And then it's a shot of vodka in here. And the lemonade tamed it a little. It it gave it a good taste, but it's something that's going to sneak up on you. Okay. We like that. So, yes, um, I could barely get up this morning. So I will say, y'all, stick to one drink if y'all going to drink this on a weekday. <laughs> but that is the Drink With Cocoa for this week. And then now we're going to move into the hot topic or, you know, celeb news for the week. And so basically, um, a lot has been going on, and I think a lot of stuff, with celebrities we expect for celebrities to be able to speak for us and the things that we go through or just like anybody feel that they need to use their platform to you know bring awareness to certain topics and so um the first person i want to talk about is terry cruz 
So I know a little while back he was in the news basically saying that um, in so many words saying like Gabrielle's complaints about the show that they were on uh, were not valid because he he right he hadn't experienced the same thing she has but basically she was saying that she got kicked off of the show what was it so you think you have talent got talent got talent yeah america's got talent and so um they were telling her that her hair was too ethnic um too black in other words and so she left the show and you know, I think that is a valid reason as a black woman feeling like, you know, our hair is important to us, you know, taking care of it, everything that is entailed in just the upkeep of hair in general. So for someone to tell you like, oh, we think your hair is too black, like, I think that's rude as hell. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then, so to talk about what Carrie Crew, Terry Crews recently did was he said that he feels that black supremacy is not the way to go, but no one said that the Black Lives Matter movement was about black supremacy. It's about gaining equality for everybody and not just white people. Absolutely. You can tell that um, he's just, he seems very detached from black issues. And I think like we saw him on Everybody Hates Chris acting like, you know, the standard like black father and like penny pension and kind of being somebody that in real life he's not. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's unfortunate that he doesn't seem to really understand that. Like to me, it comes off like he sees himself as their equal. He doesn't see himself as a person who is a part of a community that is systemically oppressed. So it seems like a, uh, I don't, uh, maybe a culture difference for him, mm -hmm. but I definitely think that his inability to read the room, like that's why I think celebs have just been missing the mark on reading the room. Like we all have thoughts or opinions or perspectives that may be um, unpopular. And so at this moment where people are so passionate and people are really, you know, trying to advocate and make change, sometimes it's just not the right time. It's just mm -hmm. not feel that way, but this isn't the moment to say it, you know? And sometimes that that's what I feel like a lot of these celebs have been um, doing is using their platform, but not being conscious of like, what is the message that everybody is pushing forward instead of your own like instead of expressing a message that comes from your own individual experience and understanding You're yeah thinking about the rest of the community in which you belong because again like from the beginning of time it's like you you were a better person the more white um affiliated things that you had going for yourself so you know a lot of the times like now a lot of people are denouncing like to stop being so thirsty to be in these white spaces that weren't built for us, that aren't made for us, like the Grammys and um, Vogue and all, all of these types of concepts. Um, and we just keep trying to make space in these in these in these spaces. And um, in, in, when we do that, it doesn't really give us an opportunity to know that like we can create and be something just as good. You know, yeah. 
communicate with, with their self. So yeah, I think Terry, he put his foot in his mouth. He didn't read the room to, to again, like black supremacy for most people would seem impossible. So to even like go that far and to say that this is what people are looking for, absolutely not. Exactly. And him for, you know, trying to downplay Gabrielle's experience. Like, it's one thing if you don't experience it. Do you need to go out your way to say that you don't, to discredit this black woman's experience? Like, that's something you could have kept to yourself. Like, everything exactly. we don't need to say or put on a platform, if it goes against a greater message. Mm-hmm. And I think him being in a situation where I think when all of that, you know, all the sexual assault allegations was going on in Hollywood and he spoke about his experience and black people were really rallying. Black women came, especially black women. Yeah. Black women came together and, and really tried to offer him support. And that's why when he, when the commentary came out about um, Gabrielle, everybody was like, well, damn, this is just another example of like black women really trying to stand behind a black man and then it, it kind of being a slap in the face. Exactly. And I feel like you're married, like you're a black man. And regardless of how long you have been in Hollywood, like if you go to, I, I feel like in his case, if he was to go somewhere like to the South, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Where Friday is not a popular movie that's being watched in that town, you would be just a regular black man experience going through the same shit everybody else is going through. And intensify because he's huge and black. Like, Mm-hmm. Imagine the intimidating like people that come around him that are just like taken aback by his stature. Like that's a big black man. Exactly. So he could definitely be perceived as a threat in any other space. So mm-hmm. it's just it's unfortunate to just see somebody so detached from from that experience. Like I can't I think and sometimes I'm not gonna say people do it on purpose, but I do believe that Black people that feel like they haven't experienced anything um, racist or discriminatory or prejudiced, it's really because they can sometimes to protect ourselves, if we have to live in a space, we go out of our way to excuse the behavior or we pass it off. And so you don't want to read into it. I know for me, I've been in situations where, you know, I felt like it was some race stuff going on, but I was like, am I? Can this a race thing? Because we 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 get in those spaces where it's like, am I making everything about race? Is this really happening to me? And it took for other people of other races to confirm, like, yeah, girl, this is racist. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes we even doubt our own experience just based on the fact that, like, we a part of us wants to believe that things are better, and I think that's what some of these you know people who seem to be removed have done is like try to convince themselves because they know good white people that 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 dissolves what we're trying to achieve because you know a good police officer that that dissolves um the issue and it doesn't mm-hmm. so you know i i know some great white folks but yeah. again like now being an ally has an entirely different meaning or being a friend as a to a person who is black has a different meaning it, ne- it needs to be deeper other than just superficial other than the, girl, the white girl you hang out with at work and you talk to and y'all you know kiki yeah so for sure. Like I, like I, the, the white people that I do interact with, you know, I appreciate the friendship that I have with those people. And it definitely made me feel like as this stuff was going on, like 
one person did come to me and was just like, you know, I don't necessarily know how to express, you know, what I feel in regards to this situation. You know, I've talked to my family members and they don't seem to get it, you know, and they making it seem like I'm crazy, you know, whatever, like how, how do you think I should approach this? And I felt, I felt honored that she came to me and was just like, how do I address this situation? You know, because one of our other coworkers, she was black and she came to work like, I ain't got shit to say to y'all. You know, and she's like, it's real tense in the office. Like, what do I do? You know, and I'm just like, you got to give her her space. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't necessarily think you need to say anything in this moment, but you know, when the conversation does come up, I think you should express like your feelings towards her, you know, and maybe she'll feel better about being in this workspace with you. Yeah, sometimes it really just takes acknowledgement. Like, mm-hmm. I have a couple old co workers um, from my last job. My last job was predominantly white. And some of them, you know, I had grown to be really close with and, you know, follow me on social media and even just other, you know, people I went to high school with. I was just kind of being very observant of how non-black people were holding their space on social media um because again these are girls i consider myself to have, you know have some type of friendship with so mm-hmm. right now i need to see kind of where you stand so it was nice to see you know them acknowledging what was going on versus just kind of ignoring the fact that this is happening and posting about their regular life and one of them did reach out to me um who i would consider myself to be like the more emotionally closest with mm-hmm. um, and that was a nice gesture because yeah least, you know um it's not too much that we expect from white people you know um so when things happen we can appreciate the the effort and the acknowledgement at least and that that can go a long way so mm-hmm. uh, i think that not knowing what to say is okay you know sometimes it's just um um I feel, you know, I, I feel upset about the fact that your community goes through it, and I'm open to learning, like, what I can do to help support you all while in the space that we share. And yeah. That being, it being as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Then people are open to having that conversation. So, yeah, read the room. Homegirl ain't ready to talk yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Lil Wayne. I feel like every time something happened with a Black person, getting killed by police or, you know, just in some crazy situation, he he always bring up how a white cop saved his life. And so he don't understand, you know, what's going on right now. And it's yeah. just like, dude, you was born and raised in New Orleans. Yeah. You have to know that <laughs> there are some racist people out here and not saying that every cop is a bad person, you know, you just so happen to be you some a white cop just so happened to to take up for you and get you out of a sticky situation, you know, look out for you. But that's not saying that it's cops out here that is not doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that um he he's underneath that that savior complex really, really hard right now. And one I don't really give Wayne too much attention or energy these days just because I feel like he's slowly deteriorating and has been for a long time. Um, I think that all of that, that drug and that substance use has really kind of 
who knows where Wayne stocks come from at this point? Like, we don't even we I, I can't even begin to tell you what Lil Wayne's brain probably looks like, you know. <laughs> so it's probably like, like that egg they used to say, This is your brain on drugs. Like, <laughs> so certain people like Wayne. I don't even. I see he got a little little talk show, a radio show, whatever. If you if y'all like it, I just I can't again knowing like where that man be mentally. I can't even can't even give him a note. I will say um, I have not canceled Wayne. You know, I still listen to his music, but if I had to have a sit down, a round table with him or something like, I I wouldn't expect much from him. Yeah. So again, you want to leave people where they belong in certain spaces. Like, mm-hmm. lane music, stay, great lane. Like, that's the lane for you. It's been the lane for you. But like, talking about some of this other stuff, like, I don't know. Yeah. And then we got Trina. I I know a lot of us grew up listening to Trina, and with everything that's been going on with the rioters, the looting you know, whatever, she went so far as to call those people animals, which of course are Black people. The majority of them are Black people in these situations. And I feel like she is also detached from reality. Yeah, I think um, Trina is another one. Didn't read the room. Like, there was a way that she could have said that she disapproved of the looting without going to calling people animals definitely we know that when it comes to comparing like black people in any form to animals that is a very bad spot for us so um yeah i think that she got too much she she put too much dip on her chip Mm -hmm. um too big for her pants and she felt like you know usually on that platform she does say whatever she wants but again Right now, conversations take a little bit more sensitivity and planning. You can't just get on a platform and get to saying whatever you want. And people and think are it's not going to be no repercussion. Absolutely. Right now, people are mad. People are angry. People are tired. And they're bored because most people still ain't working. So they ain't got nothing else to do all day but to be on social media talking shit about celebrity. Right. This is the entertainment. Exactly. You're looking for reasons to to do it, so it's like you you set yourself up by just not being conscious, not being aware of like how much power your words were gonna hold for people going and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You are not happy with the lives right now, so we just waiting. It's a whole thread on Twitter of a girl who's collected all of the celebrities who've like got themselves some sort of cancel throughout. Um, this duration where these protests have been going on just because of their remarks against the community. And it's a long, it's a long thread. Mm, I'm sure. I just feel like, like now granted, I will say I don't agree with the looting, but I understand the reason as to why it's happening. And Mm -hmm. on the other hand of that, that being understanding of what looting, why looting is happening it's just like, yeah, it's unfortunate that these businesses are being hit, you know, losing out on money, having to shut down, whatever, but they can rebuild. You know what I'm saying? These these are things that they can regain. We can't regain the life of Amar Aubrey or George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or Tamir Rice. You know what I'm saying? 
these are lives that we have lost due to senseless violence, due to somebody taking their power, taking their power to a whole nother extent. Right. And, and I think that was what's worse is when celebrities are talking about like they friends like you're rich, give them the money. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. Like if you the big thing on Twitter was like open your purse. Like you got all this this stuff to talk about. Stop talking and open your purse. Do what yeah. you're good at. You're, you have money. And this you got your, insurance. Right. This exactly. So like that's my thing is you with Trina talking about her friend's businesses, yes, it's sad. But y'all, if she don't have money, you got money. I think they said she said in the interview that she was like, She don't have money like me. We'll give her some. Like right, help your friend I, out. I don't understand why why is that be. If I was rich, I wouldn't even be online talking about the fact that my friend lost her soul to the movement so bad, blah blah blah. I'm just gonna give her the money to rebuild because I understand the cause. Mm-hmm. And right. that's one thing I could say about Kanye in this instance. He ain't said nothing crazy, but he done shelved out some money. Right. And I, I think that we, we're seeing this, like, indifference with people online about if you don't say anything, then people think you're not doing nothing. But if you say something and it's not exactly what people want to hear, then you feel wrong. So mm-hmm. I think, again, like, people just donating and somehow it hits the media. Then people are like, okay, we good with you. Because they did the same thing with Drake, like, Drake knew all these accents, and we ain't heard him say nothing. And then, boom, we found out he made a huge donation. And then people was like, all right, we off of him. Let's mm-hmm. go. Like, or they wanted to cancel the the designer or the owner of Off-White because he matched somebody's... Yeah, now nah, he kind of deserved it. <laughs> he kind of de- deserved that. I definitely don't group him in with but I thought I read that he contributed more. Yeah, he said he did, but again, I think the damage was done from him just True, like, true. And you got to understand perception. Like, for him, he could have been like, okay, well, that's what somebody else donated. But again, you can go, if you post this, people, come on. like People going to have something to say. Step outside of yourself and think about, like, that's what these celebs are doing. It's like really thinking about how is this going to come off. Yeah. Even if it's not your intent, because we see that a lot. Well, I didn't mean it. Well, that's not how it read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's unfortunate that the the black celebrities that we do look up to um, don't think about what it is that they're saying before before they say it. Yeah, it seems like nobody got a PR team anymore. Like, I just. It, it, it's been that way for a while with a lot of the stuff that we've seen. Um, I also like, think it's because because of social media. Oh yeah, they have more access to say whatever they want to masses of people. Mm-hmm. So they definitely. Uh, and then after the fact, they want to apologize, but to me, it's just like, nah, keep that same energy. You said what you said. I definitely think um, people need to start standing on their messages because then like if they go if they try to do something that complies with what people want them to do then it comes out disingenuous mm-hmm. so again it's like you have to think twice before you put something out there um and be prepared for whatever comes back and be prepared to stand on whatever you get ready to say exactly uh, and that just don't say nothing at all it's been true many individuals like go i was about to tweet something early and I was like, I don't really know how this gonna read. 
Now, I don't know if it's going to read how I wanted to read, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah. I know sometimes when I'm on, like, Instagram and I go to, you know, like, how you ask questions or whatever, but yeah. then it only lets you put so many characters, so you can't ask the question the way you want to ask the question. And sometimes I just be like, it's going to get lost in translation. Like, I don't want to post this. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that's exactly what ends up happening and then people have to come back, you know. And we've all been there. Like, mm-hmm. I've a video where my friend's like, I don't really like why you said that. And I didn't think I was wrong. Other people didn't, but I was like, let me, for other people that could have interpreted the way that she did, let me still go ahead and clarify myself. Um, so it happens. Like, we don't always say the right things, but in a moment like this, sometimes it is better to don't, don't use too many words. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is going wrap it up for the hot topic as far as celeb news goes. Um, I, in reference to that, I would just say don't put too much thought or faith into these celebrities, you know, to speak for us or anybody in general, you know, because not to say that they are misinformed or not aware of what's going on, but sometimes their opinions just don't jive with the majority. And we get offended when it don't. You know what I'm saying? So I would just say, let's not put too much thought into the stuff that they saying. You know, continue to push forward with the movement as we see fit and keep it pushing. And you have, I don't think you also have to remember like celebrities, um, most of them online, they, they have a persona. Like we don't even know if we like the real person that's underneath what, what we, we see. And I think that that's what's happening with like the Simone, like her career has kind of unraveled. And I really, me as a black woman wanting to see another black woman win, I hope she's able to pull herself from out of it. But it really kind of shows the, we literally, we've seen in real time, like the progress of how, you know, not necessarily being on the right side of things can get you dragged. Like people Mm -hmm. ever would have found out about the things going on with her book had it not been for her earlier statements. Like, it's kind of just been a domino effect for her. Yeah. Um, people kind of just start digging deeper and deeper and deeper, and now you can't make mistakes. And one thing I do agree with is that Black black women tend to get canceled or, you know, questioned a lot faster than other people. Um, so, like I said, me wanting to see another Black woman win, like, I hope she can come back from it, but I think it just, it kind of proves that, um, we don't really, we don't really know these people. We know yeah. what they know us, so we know an image. Mm-hmm. I, I was originally going to bring her up into the conversation, but I was just like, I didn't think it was that serious to to talk about B Simone based off of her comments about how she don't want to date a nine to five dude. She want to date an entrepreneur, a CEO type individual, um, because they would just be under able to understand her better. And I don't see anything wrong with her making that statement because that's her preference. Right. You know, I've said on a previous episode that, you know, do I want my man to have a nine to five or do I want him to be an entrepreneur? Um, I've, I've said that. I've, but coming from a place of I have a nine to five. You know what I'm saying? That's what's funding my life, my business right now is my nine to five. If I have the opportunity to not work this job no more and 
do my side hustle full time, then great. You know what I'm saying? Do I want my man to have an entrepreneurial spirit? Yes, I do. But if he got to have a nine, nine to five first to reach that potential, then that's fine too. And he may have a career that he does something that maybe is saving lives or being a lawyer or whatever the case may be. Like this is something that he's passionate about and he make a lot of money. It's a lot of nine to five jobs that make a lot of money. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So I'm not going to knock it if that's what you enjoy doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't necessarily, I definitely think people took what she said and ran with it just because again, they already had a bad taste of the beast of bone in their mouth. But I saw a lot of people say like they understood where she was coming from. Again, did she probably articulate herself the best way she could have and really made it clear that like it's not necessarily not the nine to five, but more so the, the mindset that she would want her partner to have or the availability, making it about those things versus because people are always going to revert to, oh, she's making it about money. She thinks she's too good. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I was able to understand that. I don't think that's where she's coming from, you know. But again, when you already have like a negative connotation associated with you, people are just looking to kind of keep adding things that go along with who they believe you already to be. So it's like, oh, we don't like her already. Well, that's just one more thing for us to not like her about or whatever. So mm-hmm. people got to, you know, understand you got to separate instances. Like, yeah, I didn't necessarily, you know, like her stance about the whole Black Lives Matters initially, but I didn't think she was completely wrong for what she said. I think she, again, she just got caught in a tough spot with people ready to drag her. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that, like I said, that's going to wrap it up for the hot topic. And Hey guys, just taking a quick break, but today's episode is sponsored by It's Untamed Beauty. It's Untamed Beauty is a brand that is focused on self-love, sexuality, womanhood, fertility, energy cleansing, good vibes, just all of these amazing things that embrace self-love and self-care. Go to itsuntamedbeauty.com today. They sell waist beads, sage, crystals, everything that is going to just get you in a good mind frame, whether that be your beauty, you need something to boost your self-esteem, waste beads will give you that. You need to cleanse the energy around you, there is sage. You want to manifest good things in your life, crystals, Everything is there. Use promo code COCO10 and get 10% off of your entire order. Don't miss out. We're going to go ahead and move into the hot cup of cocoa. Hot cup of cocoa this week, um, with Brittany being a therapist, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about mental health during this time of going through a pandemic, but also an epidemic with the um, continuous loss of life within the Black community in regards to police brutality, uh, white people or the Karens, as we want to call them, you know, calling the police for no apparent reason. Um, I think it's important to talk about mental health because it's not necessarily something we grow up in the Black community. Um, Making a thing in our households is just like, I know in our 
our parents' generation, it was basically we sweep everything up under the rug and we keep it moving. Um, I know my parents tried to make it a little bit more open to deal with certain things, but still not having the tools to understand how to do that in an effective way. And then me, myself, going through therapy, like I'm even in therapy right now, dealing with things in the current events and, you know, stuff like that. And I just think it's appropriate that we bring awareness to it because the, the stuff that's going on is heavy. And people could definitely be, especially like having to isolate themselves for such an extended period of time, um, just not being able to be sociable. And being social is a big part of mental health. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, we've been sitting with a lot. Like we, we already had two, two and a half months of living in this state of fear and anxiety due to COVID. And then, you know, we were, we have these assurities of like what life is going to look like. How, how are we going to be able to kind of reconvene as far as like being socially together? What is work and school and traveling and all of that going to look like in the next six months to a year? We were sitting with trying to figure all of that out. And that for a lot of people I know was causing stress. I know for me it was causing a lot of stress. I had things coming up and now I got to push things back and now my timelines are off and you know a lot of inconveniences a lot of disappointment a lot of grief like people are dying and on top of people dying we having to sit with the fact that like we're losing out on um weddings and graduations and all of these special moments like we're having to grieve the loss of like what we've looked forward to for so long so Mm -hmm. um once you threw you know again another black person dying on top of that like i keep telling people george floyd was just the straw that broke the camera's back like people are broke people are mad that they broke people are mad that they at home with their kids like people are mad that black people keep getting hurt Mm -hmm. keep getting killed so it's like this was just again a domino effect where now we're through like People, shit, a lot of people don't have jobs to be worried about being lost. So it's like, F it. Like, let's just go out here and, you know, really send a message. And I really, I applaud the people who have been out because they did, they shook up a lot of stuff. Like, we all have played a role, whether they be donating, signing petitions, protesting, you know, writing letters and doing all of, you know, this stuff, pulling up to your mayor house in the middle of the night. Like, everybody has kind of played a piece and really pushing forward the, the fact that we are tired and we're not going to continue to be like, I think the biggest thing for me is seeing like how they did Kaepernick and the fact that this, this is what Kaepernick was trying to avoid. He was trying to avoid us getting to this place where we are burning shit down. Mm-hmm. And now the NFL is basically like, um, the owners, coaches, players, if you want to kneel in solidarity, you know, you can do that. And it's just like, well, where was this energy when Kaepernick was doing this? They owe that man an apology. They owe him a huge paycheck for all the work that he's missed. Like, Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine the feelings he sits with just because it's a, I told you so, or like a, this is, again, we tried to do it peacefully. Like, can't Mm -hmm. nobody say that. 
over time, black people have not tried. But I think again, history repeats itself. Back then, we went, we we see that you know all these riots and these really like violent things kind of had to take place in con in conjunction with the peaceful stuff because people weren't here. I think the the power and what we're seeing now is how quickly things could have changed. Mm-hmm. Things we've been asking for now is like white people are scared to be perceived as racist because of what that means like are we seeing how strong our black dollar is these companies are literally trying to beg us to say and trying to do whatever they can to comply with the demands of black people for the sake of not losing us Mm -hmm. they know how much of a, a a change change agent that we are in when it comes to this country yeah all over like to see the fact that this shit is all over the country all over the globe and what's even sicker is the fact that it's it's, i feel like until they do something about the police it's just instilling more fear in them because why have we lost two more black lives to police and maybe even more in the last you know few weeks since george floyd died Mm mm-hmm like the, the story in Atlanta now, they back down there burning stuff up because again, um, something has to be done. You got people who are um, abusing power on top of having an innate fear of black people in general doing something that can cost somebody their life. Mm-hmm. Like police officers, certain, most positions, you cannot be biased. You're supposed to be aware of your bias. Me as a therapist, I, we are taught to be aware of any biases or stereotypes or things we may have against anybody of any other difference from us and what that means for our work with them with, with those people because it's damaging it can be damaging mm-hmm. so again i think it's it's they've had years decades to do better training on police they, they there it seems like it's getting worse I I can definitely agree. Um, I have a friend who's a police officer and I've asked him, he's done an episode with me before and I pretty much asked him, you know, like, what is the training when it comes to these types of situations? And basically he said that um, it is, if you feel like your life is in danger, then you have the authority to act a certain way or use a certain amount of force. But what, like you said, I think it's the fear that these cops already have that they're not even giving people an opportunity to, to show their hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, um, I think it was, uh, Philando Castile who told the police officer that he did have a weapon with him, but when in the moment he was reaching for his license registration and next thing you know, the cop is shooting off around. Again, yeah, it's a lot of fear. And I think what's what's craziest for me is, so I've worked in psychiatric hospitals and residential treatment centers with clients who are suicidal, who do self-harm, who can become aggressive and violent. And we are taught in our orientation, um, there are a few different techniques. There's one called CPI and it's another one, um, I think called TCI or something of that nature. But we're pretty much taught to do holds on people. So if somebody, you know, has something or um, if they need to be restrained in a way that is not going to cause them bodily harm, we're taught that. So my issue is like, where is, where is the de- de-escalation? 
And I feel like it used to be a thing where like police were supposed to um, shoot to disarm and not to kill. Right. And it's like, what happened to like popping somebody in the foot or in the shoulder? Like, yeah. why is it everything is so fatal even if you do shoot? Y'all do all this training on shooting and you still hitting people in deathly places. It just mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. There is a huge gap that's missing it. And again, y'all letting these officers roam the streets with all this fear in their heart. And that fear is just building based on the reactions that black people are having in this country. But you can't be scared to do your job. Mm-hmm. You can't be scared to um, I also feel that just because you put a uniform on do not make you a good person. Oh, and- no. In the case of George Floyd, George Floyd's killer or whatever, I just don't think he was a good person. Yeah, no. And that you and the and the officers that were around him, I don't see them as being good people. Now, I do think there were like two rookies that were on the scene, and I think we and and I'm not giving these people a pass because right is right and wrong is wrong. But I think we've all been new to a job and kind of just been like, we listening to the trainer, you know, whatever. Not willing to speak against them. Right, not willing to speak against them. But in that instance, you literally have a man that is like, I can't breathe, you know, whatever. And you could have just been like, hey, you know, I, I think you need to let up some. You know what I'm saying? And even if you felt like he was not listening to you, like it were three, there were three other police officers that should have been like, yo, knock it off. Or y'all could have physically pulled him up off that man. Nobody's moral compass kicked in. Like I don't, my thing, I didn't watch the video. Um, and that's a, a mental health tip. I'll try to drop more of those throughout the time we're talking. Like, so you don't have to watch all these videos. Um, I didn't watch it because I'm, um, it's been a while since I've actually sat and watched the videos of somebody being killed by the police because I just don't want that image in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, I, it really doesn't make sense how four people stood around knowing that this man was saying he couldn't breathe. Um, knowing that he was showing that he was in agony and not doing anything. And it, I, I think what we saw the difference and there was a clip of another video of somebody of them um, pretty much having uh, somebody in the same position that George Floyd was in and his partner took his, took the man's knee and lifted it off of the, the pressure point in his neck mm-hmm. and moved back. And it's little things like that where it's like that man was thinking that man's moral compass kicked in or even if it wasn't a moral thing, it was a, this could go really wrong. Let me step in. Yeah. And it's like, I, again, as a therapist, I can understand when adrenaline is running, which I feel like has been the situation for a lot of cops in these situations, uh, it's very hard to navigate your emotions or your actions when your adrenaline is up. Like, mm-hmm. like you kind of just space out and just do. And that's the issue is there isn't enough, um, I don't think there's enough emotional regula- dysregulation training for police officers themselves to keep to teach them how to keep calm in high stress situations yeah like I, a lot of people who enter high stress jobs is just like you know keep it together they like they just give them you know these blanketed statements instead of really bringing in a professional to teach them 
how to hold, how to maintain a breathing, how to, um, again, a lot of the skills that I teach my clients are crisis skills for when they're in a the moment of high emotion so that they can take a step back and really think. Again, mm -hmm. if you're in a position where you feel like you're getting ready to do too much harm because of your emotions rising, you tap in another officer. Okay, like, you know, you don't have to be on your own and act like you don't have a team there. So I, I think, again, there's there, there's been huge gaps in what police officers need to know about their, the way the mind and the emotions connect in high-stress situations to be able to react differently. Mm-hmm. And, like, and one, people are just bad people. Like, you, yeah, we're talking about how the fact that like these these kids that are making these racist videos and you're ready to go off to college and we finding out what college they going to and we stripping that and we getting these people fired from their jobs because these people, if you racist and you want a position of power, you're 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 a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I want to bring up when it comes to racism in this country and how we are reacting to these situations, it's because these are triggering pain bodies within the black community. You know, um, the, you know, during the civil rights movement, we had police officers during protests, letting dogs out on black people, using fire hoses, water hoses on uh, protesters and things like that. Then, of course, you all you also had to be worried about being lynched, you know, and then, of course, you want to take it back further and talk about slavery and the the mentality that people have. If you ran and got caught, your foot would get cut off or, you know, it's all these things or potentially death. You know what I'm saying? And it's all these situations that are triggering for us in these moments now, you know, um, and it is. And I don't understand why other than black people don't understand why this is such a hard thing for us to deal with. Yeah, I think a lot of people are uneducated on um, what generational trauma is. Uh, Again, there are people who even believe, like the fact that in the black community we whip our whip our kids that that is a that is us being conditioned from forms of discipline back dating back to slavery. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely think that there is a lack of um, empathy that mm -hmm. a lot of people don't seem to be able to possess. Is to, to again like get out of their own head in their own space and think about and and, and try to um, emote the experience of somebody else walking in somebody else's shoes you know um it seemed like their mamas never told them what if somebody did that to you and made them really think about what what certain experiences would feel like if the shoe was on the other foot um so yeah i don't i don't really i don't really know what what we do as far as you know, the people that just seem to not get it. Um, mm -hmm. People kind of, I think, the older people become, the more stuck in their ways they they get, which is why I always tell people it is it is us needing to really kind of um, get back to the 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 youth, the children, because they they are the only ways that we can continue to restructure what's been done. Mm -hmm. So what I can say is I work with a lot, like my career is a predominantly white career. Um, and there I 
interact with people from all different walks of life. You know, there are, the, and the white people I work with maybe have grown up in areas where there were no black people. You know, they were taught like you don't judge a book by its cover, but then, you know, you also go through certain instances where you see so many things in the media or whatever, you have no choice but to build these biases or um, ideas of what you think about Black people. And so when you actually begin to interact with them and you learn that, oh, not all Black people do these things or, you know, whatever the case may be, it does change the narrative for white people, but it's not enough Black people around white people to change that narrative. You know what I'm saying? And so I think with how the media has started to portray, like the different TV show, Black TV shows that we watch nowadays, I think it's important that they put out a different message than the typical black people stereotypes. Absolutely, yeah, because um, they definitely, and I, I think it goes the same way. There are a lot of, there are some black people you will ask and they will tell you they hate white people. They don't care who it is and it's because they've never had to hold space with white people. They've never had to interact with white people. They only know about what they see in the media or their personal experience as far as like with a white police officer things like that that shapes our our opinions you know so it worked it definitely works the same way um i i think that like you said there aren't enough we, we're talking a lot of the young races are from generations of just nasty old races like mm-hmm. about the fact that i i'll never forget i was in i was working for a predominantly white um treatment center and in a session with a client, she was explaining some type of sport that she she did. And I'm like, oh, I never heard of that. And it's something that they, you know, I think they do in like more so in like Wisconsin and things like that. Uh, and when we, I was like, yeah, she was like, I don't think. Um, did she say Negroes or colors? I, I think she might have said the colors. Cause I think she might have said color. I think she said color. Color people. Color people don't really play that. And I had to stop because I was like, did I just hear you say? And she was probably, this white lady was probably in her early 40s. Mm-hmm. And like, baby, we, we, don't, we don't say colors. It's African. You know, okay. Yeah. But for her, I know that for her to still, she was from some small town, you know, outside of Illinois. And it was like, for her to still even have that word in her vocabulary, you know what I mean? It's like, I already know what her parents must be like. Mm-hmm. It's not to say they judge people, but again, language matters. The detachment yeah. from knowing that that's not a term that you even use anymore um, wasn't even present. So you know, you just you you never know um, how how deeply ingrained you know. And again, that's why I say the younger generations is kind of where it starts. It, it starts with one at least one person in the family being able to be like. This ain't right. I'm not getting ready to condone this or um, uh, participate in it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to let you know how I feel like though. You know, I commend, I will say I commend white people doing that in their own spaces because mm-hmm. that's helping to at least let it be known. You know, because sometimes we make it seem like it's a black thing. These black people just, but no, there are other people of other races who can hopefully communicate to the people in the environments that they share with. Um, mm-hmm that these things aren't okay. Yeah. Um, 
So I know a lot of people have been posting, oh, we did Blackout Tuesday, what now? And to me, it's really just making sure that these conversations are being had with people that are not Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, excited to see there's a therapist group that I'm in, and one of them, um, it was a, a one therapist who was getting ready to leave a uh, discussion mainly for you know uh, white people um, and I think she, she said she was African American I think she was she was mixed but um, to pretty much talk candidly about racism and I think that's where it comes they need we need more spaces like that because people get scared of you know saying the wrong things but it's like I need you to say in a space like that it's like you can say what you feel so I can debunk it yeah so I, explain to you why this is problematic right uh, for you to come in with an open mind and an open heart to receive feedback to be better because mm-hmm. i i remember when everything first popped off with the george floyd you know my job was like let's sit and have a conversation and he he told the black people like say how you feel no holes barred there won't be any you know repercussions you know, based on what you all say, because this is you all speaking about your experience and I need for everybody to understand, you know, and it's just like, okay. And so we had this white guy get up and he, he was um, explaining how his wife is Mexican. And when he goes to where she's from, it's a predominantly Mexican area, but they, you know, they basically like, look at him sideways and you know they say certain things and he asking his wife like well what did they say and she like oh we need to get the hell up out of here you know what I'm saying and I in that moment I was just like you can't compare your experience to the black experience you know and so one of the white girls was like is anybody going to tell him that that wasn't okay I said well I think this would be best to come from a white person So you tell him that that was not okay. And later on when I talked to him, he was just like, after I said it, I felt crazy. Like I experienced that for three weeks, but this is something that you guys have been experiencing for a lifetime. And he was just like, I don't even know why I said that. And sometimes I think like for him, it was probably just the the wanting to relate. Relate, yeah. Trying to translate that as, support but again like we're seeing that white people are speaking up about feeling like black people are being racist towards them and these feelings that they don't like but like baby we've been dealing with this forever so you don't want to taste your own medicine Mm -hmm. the whole argument like can black people be racist and all that because white people would definitely try to tell you that you know somebody was racist and that's you know that's a whole different conversation for another, a whole complex conversation for another day, but that's just a part of the problem and just not being able to kind of take accountability. So, I mean, good for him that he was able to step back and realize why that was problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sometimes that, and that's not the only space where wanting to relate to somebody can just completely miss them. Go left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that like I said, I just really honestly and truly think that we need to have these hard conversations and not be worried about making someone feel uncomfortable or hurting somebody's feelings. And at the end of the day, especially the white people that we interact on 
interact with on a regular basis, I think it's important that they understand where we're coming from. I think they are already in a mind space to receive it because they know they have to work with us on a regular basis, but to to help them have compassion. Because I mean, just because you work with black people don't mean you like black people. Um, our political views. Sometimes it's not that they like black people, it's just that they like you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just like me because you know me. Um, You know, we could have different political views, you know, and I'm not going to get on the topic of Trump. Well, I'll touch on it because I do feel that he has the power to change some of this narrative you know, to to be on the side of right versus being on his own raggedy ass side with his own raggedy ass agenda. You know, um, I feel that he has not said enough or said the right things to, to um, discourage this type of behavior from white, the negative behavior from white people. You know, I was watching a video on uh instagram earlier and this lady took a hammer to somebody's car and was telling her to go away i, I definitely i feel like we saw a boldness when trump got into office um, definitely a, a bigger boldness of, of races who were ready to come out and, and be their their big racist self so yeah anybody that um it used to be that you know people could have different political views but at this point it's like if you tell me you, su- you support trump you telling me you're a racist for a chef. Right. I don't think we have much in common. You know what I mean? I don't think mm-hmm. we have much to talk about. Um, and I already kind of know what perspectives you, you hold um, or what values, you know, you hold. So, yeah, I, I try not to get that man. He's another one. I don't, I don't, I don't give, him, give him much of anything. Because at this point, I can't, I don't think us as black people can expect anything. Um, the best thing he did was give us an extra $600 on unemployment and that $1,200 check. And that's about the only thing I can say that I got from Trump's presidency. Yeah. I think that um, we definitely need to get out and vote. And I know a lot of people are like, um, voting is not going to change it. But I feel like if we start voting for the underdogs, because the underdogs are the ones who really want to make change. So I feel like if we start directing our votes towards the underdogs, we could start to see some change in the in the things that need to be changed. Yeah, and I don't think people give enough credit to um, the people they vote for as far as like their governor and their mayor. Like they mm-hmm. a lot, um, but we are more directly affected by the people that we have in our our local state government. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to be at least a little bit more proactive in, in that space because um, I think for a lot of people, if you sit and really think about the years you experienced when Obama was in in office and then when um, Trump moved into office, think about really how your lives changed. Like, did you lose out on much? Like, I stopped giving, not to, I definitely encourage people to vote because we still want good people in office. Um, but I stopped giving so much, like, energy towards, like, the president in general because it's like, when I think about the course of the last eight years of my life, 
Has my medical insurance changed? Now, for some people, this does affect them. So again, like, it depends on the person. Yeah. As far as how important they feel. But I think that's why a lot of people don't have much urgency to vote because they feel like not much in their life has altered based on who was in office, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's my thing as far as, like, really pushing people to take care and do more local things because when you when because these are people making the decisions as we see Trump like open everything up and governors and you know mayors are like well we're gonna do this and we're gonna wait and we gonna you know so those are the people who have more power that directly affect yeah because i know the um uk has pretty much like every time they they said they're gonna do like a three-phase reopening or whatever and so after the first phase was basically like restaurants could open for takeout only um and then as far as like working for real for real it's just like if you can telework still work from home you know what I'm saying and so we haven't like in the states like seeing everybody like just out and about kind of at restaurants like if it's an open area you can go like we don't even have that so it's like we still sitting in the house and y'all gonna be safe and COVID free. Meanwhile, we our numbers are going up, so it definitely. But again. at the same time, my job is affected by what's going on in the states. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm at a standstill either way. Like I can't even like it's people that are starting to travel again. Like it's about to be summer. I normally take some time off from work because it's about to be busy season. Come August, like it's start. It's starting up now. But mm-hmm. August and September is when I'm really hitting it hard. And so it's like, I don't even have the opportunity to take time off from work to go kind of like clear my mind before I start getting busy with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I be sitting here like, can y'all just stay in the house so I can come out the house? Yeah. And I think that's what's unfortunate is something like this. We really needed a collective and effort from the world. And mm-hmm. everybody needed to be on the same page. And uh, that didn't happen. And so I think, um, yeah, we'll continue to kind of see the inconveniences that mm-hmm. the, the inability to kind of come together and create one entire plan for everybody. Is, we're going to see what, that, what ends up happening after that. Definitely. But um, I'm, I'm still just like, you know, I, like I said, I've been in therapy Um, dealing with current events or whatever just to make sure that I'm handling things in an appropriate way because I am the type of person that's just kind of like oh it ain't directly affecting me I can just go on about my day and that's not necessarily healthy you know what I'm saying because these actions do affect people that look like me and when I come back to the states this these are things that are going to affect affect me personally you know what I'm saying? Like, and and I haven't lived in the UK my entire life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've only been here for a little over a year. But, and I do have experience of being Black, dealing with the police, and being Black and dealing with certain things on my job. And so it's just like, this does affect me. It may not be like, bam, in my face right now, but they are definitely... This is these are definitely topics and situations that do affect me, whether it is directly or indirectly. And um, so I've been in therapy now for a couple months, but I've been in therapy off and on for the for the past few years. You know what I'm saying? Because um, 
I did go through something that I felt like, you know, I needed to talk to somebody. And after I did it, I was just like, I feel like I should have been went to therapy, you know, because it was just like I went for one situation, but then it started opening up other stuff that, you know, you just never deal with. And so I'm, um, I'm reading slash listening to a podcast about this book. It's called um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And then uh, Oprah, she, um, she's like a big advocate, advocate for him, a big fan of him. And uh, basically he talks, I think Oprah brings up on this podcast about how um, as a kid, we get whoopings or whatever, but while we getting whooped, we being told to shut up and, you know, not be able to deal with how we feel, you know, in the midst of what's going on. And so because of that, I have lived my life in that way, like not fully expressing myself because I was never afforded the opportunity to do that. And I think for, for a bit, we, the black community was very forgiving to um, the country because we have made strides in the right direction, you know, as far as equality and so forth and so on. But there are still some disparities within that equality that we have obtained. And now it's time for us to step out of that, you know, we can't say nothing phase. Like we need to express how we feel. And that's what the country is seeing. That's what the world is seeing right now. Yeah, you're definitely, you're seeing the result of people not talk about how hard it is to Black in America. Um, and it's coming out in all different types of ways. Like we see when we don't deal with something in a healthy way, the country hasn't dealt with racism in a healthy way, then the people who are affected, it, it continues to manifest however it can come out. You know, whether that be hate for white people, whether that be throwing out your weight or the way white people, whether that be, you know, whatever, the case may be it looks a lot of different ways and like we're, we're just now seeing the head of it all mm-hmm. have you gotten the opportunity or have you gone out and protested any um i didn't protest i've been donating uh, i'm in the middle of i have a exam coming up so i've kind of just been trying to um, be in touch but also stay focused and not lose sight of like the things that i kind of have to um, immediately tend to. So I think that um, I'm just, I've just been somebody who's trying to do my part in the, the way that feels the best for me. So mm-hmm. um, bringing awareness, making sure that I'm signing petitions, that I'm donating, things like that. Um, that That's just been my life. Yeah. And I, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think everybody handles everything different. Like I, I personally would not be those people out there rioting and looting. If I knew it was going to be like a peaceful protest, I would be down for the cause. You know what I'm saying? But, um, and not to say like, I'm not willing to get hurt for the cause or whatever the case may be, but I also have to take into effect like how, my outside activity, you know, interferes with my, my work, you know? So, um, I will definitely say having this platform has allowed me to be vocal about the things that are going on and bring awareness to the situation. And as you said, like donating and signing petitions, um, have definitely been, 
my way of supporting the movement as well. So, um, you know, I definitely say if y'all are the types of people that want to get out there and protest and, you know, I'm not a fan or advocating to go riot and salute, but if that's how you feel, you need to express um, your support for the movement, then do what you feel is best for sure. Um, if you, you want to take a more peaceful stance, you know, there are petitions out there to sign. There are, um, you know, you can donate to different organizations, whether that be donating to organizations that are funding, bailing people out of jail for protesting, um, just, just different things to donate to for the cause. So I would definitely say help and do where you can. Yeah, do what works for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, continue to to make your your own choices as far as like what what you want to do to support the movement. So, do you have like any final words or tips for people to deal with their mental health during this time? Yeah, I'm definitely encouraging people to unplug um, when possible because, like I said, we a lot of us have a lot of downtime. So there's a lot more time spent on social media. So we're just consuming so much information. Um, if you like me, you know, you switching from one app to another, and it's just it's it's so many different um, opinions and perspectives and things like that. So um, I think at this moment we still need to incorporate things that feel good for us. Um, definitely, again, if giving and protesting, and giving towards the effort is, is giving you purpose, is giving you you know. Uh, a power a feel a really good feeling of you know feeling in control and, and power then definitely give into that um but i definitely i think i want people to just be more, be super mindful of what they're taking in because i know for me that's been something like i said i don't i don't watch the videos i appreciate people that you know put sensitive comment or give you a trigger warning just because again it's it's a lot of images sitting in our heads and that can be that's its own form of of trauma like some people most of us have never seen somebody die in real life until we saw it on social media mm-hmm. um, and most of us could have lived the rest of our lives without ever having to experience that so we definitely just want to be careful of the images that we're, we're instilling and um, also the conversations like it's not our job to sit here and teach everybody and their mama about being a racist so again if you don't have the mental capacity to, to engage in the conversation with that co-worker or to um being mindful of like going back and forth or arguing with people on on the internet like that stuff is emotionally exhausting and taxing. so if you don't have to indulge don't indulge like some people are just committed to misunderstanding you so stay out of i know one of the most racist places on the internet is like um the news pages like their comments on their posts like stay out of those threads because um you'll find yourself in a rabbit hole arguing with somebody's Uncle Larry from Texas, who's a Confederate flag owner, and it'll just be, yeah, it's exhausting. So really take time to do things that still make you happy, go outside, really enjoy um, whatever, you know, hopefully, depending on where your audience is. In Chicago, it's nice right now. So we're we're enjoying our, our little bit of peace because we don't know how long we're going to get to hold on to that. But um, yeah, do what you can where you can and just don't, don't allow um, the conditions of now to just to, to 
take away any hope. Like I think more than ever now, we because we are seeing changes in different forms. You know, um, it's giving us a lot of hope that maybe more. Can yeah, I definitely say um, hold on to your hope during this time. Pray, meditate, um, do things, self care routines like amp that up if that's what helps you feel good. Um, a lot of people like to exercise, exercise. You may not be able to get to the gym, but you can work. I'm, it's plenty of YouTube videos out there. Hulu, Hulu got workout apps or whatever. Like there are plenty of workouts you can do in your home. Um, just do things to keep your mind off of the negativity that is going on on social media like we can't run from the things that are happening but i would definitely say limit the amount of time that you guys are on social media in taking uh the things that are going on the visuals that are out there um you know just you know do what you can to uplift yourself and um if if you feel that you can talk to the people that you work with that don't look like you, you know, talk to those people, you know, try and get them to understand the, the plight of what Black Lives Matters is, is not a Black supremacy movement. It's not to make anyone feel bad. It's not to say no one else's life matters. Um, it is genuinely to say we are, we are people as well and we want to be recognized and treated as such. Um, this is the time to take advantage of the timing. These companies, they're going to be looking to diversify. They're going to be looking to bring black people in. Like, and even if it don't feel genuine, baby, if the numbers are right, take, take, you know, and you, they can answer your questions. Cause that's another thing I feel like now in a, in an interview room, we have more space to ask certain questions. We, we can talk about how diversity issues are handled, um, in the, in the workspace. So this is the time to really make your demands, actually your raises. Like I'm definitely I'm somebody who believes in you know yes things are bad and like how can we allow this all of this to continue to work for our benefit? I got a lawsuit right now going against um my uh previous employer and I'm like we we on the ball because I want to make sure that they 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 gonna feel this. I want every every company that that does stuff under um underhandedly. So black people, I want them to feel this pressure. So we have, we have the, right now we're in a moment where we can continue to ask for change in the space that we, the spaces we are in. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we complain about there not being enough black people in these rooms when they making certain decisions. Like she said, this is the time to try and get yourself in those spaces so you can be that black voice you know, to, to be the voice of the people when these decisions are being made. Um, and I think we, we have the platform now. Everyone has a platform to be a um, agent of change. So you use this time and use this as an opportunity to be the, the voice of change, the agent of change that we need. And for me, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Kiki and with Coco. Brittany, you want to give your social media handles and where they can find you on YouTube? 
Yes, please follow me on Instagram at Bring It Brat. That's B R I N G B R A T underscore. And the YouTube is Keeping It a Buck with B. And yep, yeah, um, I'll come right up. All right, and I'll be sure to add her information into the show description. You know, as always, you guys can contact me on Instagram at Kiki and with Coco. You have my email, Kiki and with Coco Pie at gmail.com. And of course, my website, Kiki and with Coco Podcast.com. And of course, all of this information will be in the show description along with the drinks that we had during this episode. And as always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.